Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Four, three, two, one. I told you before to be careful where you put your legs. I was only trying to be helpful. I can help myself. What are you waiting for? Come on. Come on. What are you waiting for? Come on. Come on. For seven decades, Michael Keane has been among the world's most renowned and recognisable actors. It was just what I needed, a one-inch god with a two-inch penis. Star of classics like Zulu, The Man Who Will Be King and The Cider House Rules. It's a miracle no one was killed. But also films that brought his career to the brink of complete implosion. I made a mistake. Somehow, he has always found a way back. You're a big man, but you're in bad shape. With me, it's a full-time job. In this epic podcast series, we will watch and review every Mighty Kane movie, from the greatest hits... You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off! ...to the incredible misses. You failed to maintain your weapon, son. And take a deep dive into the life and work of one of the world's most recognisable film stars. His name is Michael Kane, and no one will forget his name. Behave yourself. To understand how he has made the mark of Kane. Well, you all settled in? Right, we can begin. For God's sake, come in! Hello, and you're very welcome to the latest episode of The Mark of Kane. My name is Michael Foley, and as always, I'm joined on this deep dive into the movie career of Michael Kane by Stephen Black, Chief Care Provider to the Mallow News Twitter account. How are you doing? I'm doing all, all right, I guess, all things considered. And if this is a deep dive, well, this is the episode that, again, adds to the nitrogen bubbles rotting away <laughs> at my brain. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, We're at the stage now where we really, really need to come up for air on this one. Uh, but we're going to drive on. We're going to drive on. Keep an eye out for the Mellow News book if you're online or in your shops or anything like that. I think there's still a few left around the place. But today, it's all about Kane. And it's all about Kane as a cat burglar yet again. And it's all about Deadfall. Killing you now would be too easy. Now, believe me. It's never easy. I can do it. I haven't had too many failures in bed. Why did Richard send you? Are you thrown in with the deal? Because if you're not, what are we going to do about it? Do you know what a deadfall is? Other no. than two, two no, hours and 40 minutes of a life that you'll never fucking get back. Go on, tell me what, what, what is a deadfall? Deadfall is an animal trap that works on the basis of a, of a, a big swinging weight that comes and crushes uh, the, the animal. So you right. remember the end of uh, Predator when Dutch is you know, setting up all these different traps and so it's just, there's a big log that's tied by ropes that he's somehow able to put together within minutes. Yeah. That kind of, you know, when triggered... Uh, swings over and kind of crushes the predator against a tree. That's a deadfall. 
Right. So I was ex- I, I was expecting a deadfall in this. Uh, having told me now what a deadfall is, I kind of feel like the poor animal stuck in the log after watching this particular flick. But uh, let's start with the recap, Michael. You set yes. the scene for us. I will set the scene. It is 1968, by the way, in terms of, of where Kane is. Uh, he's playing a cat burglar, Henry Clark, uh, and he fakes himself as an alcoholic to get into a sanatorium to get close to uh, a wealthy chap who's in there called Selinas, who to me, by the way, looked the absolute head off a Robin Williams from the side. Um, we should also some- point out that you wear glasses. Yes, I do, but I, I think I, I think the the kind of the nose shape was 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 a Williams nose shape. But anyway, look, we'll leave that to people to decide if they decide to go and see Deadfall. And by the way, if you haven't seen Deadfall, stay with us. We we'll, we'll get you through it. If you have seen Deadfall, again, stay with us. We'll get you through it. Um, suddenly, out of nowhere, when he comes out of the sanatorium, he's approached by a lady called Faye and her husband Richard Moreau to join forces. In that way, in these movies, that this happens, we have no idea how they knew him or anything. They just sort of. They're just there and they say, let's rob Selena's together. So he eventually agrees, finds out over the course of time that Richard Moreau is a former SS officer. He's gay. Uh, so with all this in mind, he, Kane, happily falls in love with Faye. So they try out one burglary uh, and with mixed results. Now, you know, the, the good bit being they come away with a half a million dollars worth of Jews. Uh, the other half, um, it turns out that Richard Moreau is a really useless safe cracker. So he's kind of no use to anybody. Um but before going into the big one where they rob Salinas, Faye heads for Tangiers to sell the diamonds that were worth half a million quid that they that they robbed in the first burglary. And while she's gone, Moreau tells Henry that uh, in the course of his life, back during the war, he killed his male lover, had a daughter with his male lover's wife, and then he married the daughter who is Faye. So, of course, shock horror. Ugh. Kane decides this is not my scene. He heads off and decides to do the burglary on his own, tries to burglar try sorry let me start that again no 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 burglar burglar <laughs> tries to burgle Salinas's place on his own dies at the same time Moreau's at home he kills himself and Faye ends up in police custody at the end by which point two hours into the movie you really actually even though with all this stuff going on you don't care you really don't care I think that's that's pretty much it this is a movie Stephen that is from the very very opening shot is reaching for stuff that it's, it's got no hope of reaching. No, it's it's it, probably the, this movie's worst sin is that it's boring. It's yes. boring. You don't care. You don't care what's happening. Tense scenes aren't tense because you're so bored and you don't care about any of the characters. The plot revelations don't matter because, again, by this stage, you don't care. You don't I care. I mean, the, I don't even know what the point, the point of the big reveal that Moreau was uh, married to his daughter was it was such a very bizarre choice for him. It is real that he is a gay man, and they have not obviously had the intercourse. But <laughs> it's it's like you know you could probably have adopted her or something. You know, I mean, it's not yeah. a zero sum game. Kind of got no. I need to look after uh, the 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 daughter, uh, my daughter, by yeah. marrying her. I mean, she, they're not from fucking Kerry, like. <laughs> and also, it goes back to a point you've made about other Kane movies so far, that this is another little piece of the plot that you could take out and you wouldn't miss it at all. Well, you see, they obviously thought this was quite important. No, you gave out to me because I, I, I emailed you during the week uh, about, you know, what we we talk about in this and I kind of gave away the plot. But I sent you on a copy of the poster and the poster, let me just go to my phone here for an interesting bit of audio-visual interaction here. For, mm. uh, uh, they honest, really feel like they're involved now. Yeah. So the poster declares Michael Caine plunges into the world of the adulterous, the treacherous, 
and the perverse. Mm. Uh, and then there are three little headshots. Uh, the girl who didn't know her husband and her father were the same man. <laughs> so it's on the poster for the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like going to the usual sus. Looking forward to the usual suspects. You go to the poster and score. It's Kevin Spacey all along. <laughs> Enjoy the movie, lads. Yeah. It's yeah, and that is the nature of this movie. It's it's at every turn. It's it's encouraging you not to care. It's it's telling you. You don't need to go any further with this. From the movie poster, you've read the plot. This is what happens. You don't need... There's no twists anymore now. No, and I love about this, the brief uh, description of the movie in his autobiography. Uh, he, he Again, he puts this down to, oh, I trusted a director with a good track record. He made the fucking wrong box with Brian Forbes, which we covered <laughs> in the previous episode, which yeah. is not good at all. No. No. And I mean, again, it struck me that this is Kane because like, Brian Forbes was a mate, like. So it kind of strikes me... It's a it's a friend. It's set in Spain. It looks beautiful. In fact, to be fair, Kane looks beautiful. They everybody looks beautiful in it, and it just looks to me like yet another one of these uh, friends directing it. Nice place to go to make a movie. I like the ambition in the script. Let's give it a rattle, kind of thing. And of course, not for the first time already in his career, it blows up. Yeah, if we could talk about briefly about Kane's performance in this mm. movie, which I suppose we, we kind of have to as part of this uh, podcast, is he's very low energy in this most of the time. It's uh, He spends an awful lot of the early part of this movie reclining or lying down, actually probably good training for the current part of his career that he's... Uh, he's <laughs> he does appear to be coasting through an awful lot of this. Um, yeah. There's no real kind of vim and vigor to his performance. There's no real conviction. I suppose you're only as good at the script in many ways. This is a leaden... Yeah, uh, script. It's full of lines like, "Do you like lemons? I was married to an orange once." You know this kind of fucking yeah, yeah. you know. I, conversations go down side alleys and come up fucking. They uh, come up mugged. through the through the sewers and you yeah. covered in nonsense. It's <laughs> yes. it's it's what what what, what it, it wants to be more than it is, and of course oh, that's yeah. ambition. We we all want to be more than we are, but in this case, it really should have just settled. Yeah, like, you know, some people have to accept that the best they're going to do is talking about Michael Caine films on podcasts in the same way that this film needed to accept that it was either a heist movie, a you know, cat burglar movie, or a melodrama about a bizarre love triangle. You cannot it's, do it's, both. It's a psychosexual thriller, essentially, what yeah. this is trying to be. Yeah. It's 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 like it, with, with a sprinkling of cat burglary on top of it. Yeah. Um, I think I was saying to you, if you... If, this movie was made maybe in the 90s. It'd be pure kind of saucy, erotic thriller. <laughs> the, you know, maybe the likes of Jorgen Prochnow or maybe Max von Sydow as the uh, as the uh, closeted gay man married to his daughter. You might have yeah. like your, the sinner from Pinner, Jim Marchers as, as the missus. And then yeah. a Baldwin. Not Alec because, you know, no, probably at that stage still had a, had a good career. But maybe like, you know, I don't know, Gordon Baldwin or <laughs> Terry, one of the, one of the other lads. <laughs> one of the lesser Baldwins. One of the lesser Baldwins, you know, one, the, the one with the lazy eye. I don't know. <laughs> oh, great name. But yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it's just it's just leaden, and it just does. And what I mean, we have the, and there's this whole this pretentiousness about it. Like they use a farewell to arms even during it. You know, he mentions a farewell to arms, Kane, in, in his character, like you know, and the love affair within that. There's the use of a seagull. 
from the beginning as a kind in, of in motif. The only credits, oh, you think this is this is you know obviously nature's most enigmatic bird. This clearly <laughs> has uh, layered meaning, but no, it's just a fucking seagull. It doesn't even steal a jambon out of a child's hand. You know, no. the, the most inter- and only entertaining thing that a, that a seagull can do. So you yeah. know, right from the off, I mean, you're straight away you're into kind of very slow, dirt, Shirley Bassey uh, song that isn't even called Dead Fall. No, I think and at I'm, least it could be, it would be called Deadfall. I'm really angry about that. If you've got Shirley Bassey uh, with a, a, a singing a John Barry song, it yes. better be called fucking Deadfall. Dead right. And I'm keep, I mean, since I've been watching the movie, I'm going around the house in my head singing Deadfall like, <laughs> like Skyfall. I mean, yeah. In a Deadfall. I just, that's all in my head. That's the song it should have been. But instead, it's a song that Dusty Springfield should have sang, I think. I think if Dusty Springfield would have sang the, 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 the song for Deadfall, it would have been it would have been quite good. As it is, it's pretty naff. It's not good. So, yeah, that's, so you, know, you know straight away you're, you're in for a, a yeah. very slow journey. It's like yeah, the, old, it's, the old fucking Mallow, Mallow to Cork Road. You know, like, God, this would be an awful lot quicker if somebody just built a fucking good road. Just, no. Yeah, if, if, we can, if we can take all the bends out of this and just build a straight road, we'll be good. Yeah. Like, but, but you know what? In, in a way, we don't want to dwell on the song, but the song kind of captures everything that's going to come, all right? It's going to, another big grand idea, you know, the, the woman who sang, you know, bunch of Bond themes, John Barry, who wrote the Bond, this is the Bond music, this is going to be great. But actually, it's very mediocre and it's poor and it just it's shouldn't it's, been it's, for, it's really forgettable, which is, you know, it's yeah. really unusual for a Shirley Bassey song of that era anyway. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's instantly, as soon as you hear it, it's out of your head. Stuff that you weren't keen on, there is much of it. Um, the setup, the robberies, the love affairs, what do you want to go the to? The setup, uh, like the... I suppose really you can kind of you can skate over, you kind of covered it in the in the the the, the overview. Like I say, he's in a sanitarium. He's faking being an alcoholic in order to get close to this guy Salinas, who he's thinking about robbing. Um, there's a couple of very odd scenes in there uh, in there where he gets a very rig, rig, rigorous tit massage from a uh, from a uh, from a uh, a masseuse. When he gets a really kind of violent, I, clearly the actress was not you know, kind of you know I didn't go to the method route and decided to you know like uh, uh, take massage classes. No, it's clearly just pretend you're a masseuse there and just gives him a good old yeah examination there. Uh, it's like yeah, she's needing dough. Yeah. It's like she's needing freckly London dough. Yeah, freckly London dough. Mm. It's kind of marinating your brain for a second. Yeah, just 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 get a good mental image there. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Yeah, there's another weird opening uh, kind of scene with the doctor who's, you know, like saying, you know, okay, are you sure you want to check out? And he, there's another awkward massage scene where he's checking his liver, but he seems to be trying to milk his prostate. It's just <laughs> from the outside in, which I believe is not the the, the most ideal technique. This oh. real bizarre kind of keeps on talking about we we are sure that we want to leave. You're kind of going, oh God, we are sure the next two hours are going to be fucking long. <laughs> oh, you know, it's such a, it's such a demoralizing thing when you're only three minutes into a movie that you have to watch. And you go, at this stage oh, where you're God. kind of getting that, you're kind of getting the, oh, it's like, have, you know, it's the homework headed into where you kind of get the, oh, God, yeah. I know where this is going. Already we're getting the sense of, you can tell a few minutes in and we're going, yeah, this is, this is all the hallmarks of, yeah. I, I fancied a couple of weeks in Spain. Yeah, totally and utterly, totally and utterly. Um, what did you make? Actually, there was one thing that, um, you know, it's not quite degayification territory, but it's sort of in that ballpark around like how he reacts to the re- to, to finding out that Richard yeah, I mean, Moreau we, is we, gay. We, 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 we try and 
yeah, we try and kind of reinforce every now and again in these podcasts, like these are very much products of their time. And yes. you know, some content here could be quite disturbing or very dated, certainly in terms of how its treatment of uh, topics that are certainly handled a hell of a lot more sensitively these days. Mm. But yeah, the, in terms of Moreau's uh, being being gay, it's very kind of uh, unsensitively handled, let's say, from from Kane's character's perspective anyway. Yeah, he has a line like, you know, he, he, he goes off and he talks to um, some kind of intelligence agent or police, I don't know what he is, played by Leonard Rossiter. Leonard, Leonard Rossiter, who should have been told less. Yeah, less, less. And he's not less in it for very long. Oh, um, I know, but it feels for fucking ages. This is real. Re- he, he decides he's going to imbue his character with all these kind of ticks or, you know, he's built up a backstory from him. Oh, Leonard, for God's sake, yeah. just take the money. Go have a fucking plate of paella. Yeah, you're insane. Enjoy. Spain, chill out. Enjoy, enjoy. So he comes back then to to Faye and he says, he, he's asking, you know, actually what he says is, is he bent? Is he queer? And uh, she says, you don't like queers. And Kane's reply, or Kane's character's reply, in fairness to, in fairness to Michael Kane, I don't have to. I'm not married to one. So I kind of had to look at that line twice and kind of went, yeah, that's homophobic, all right? The, the tagline on the, on the poster is like the perverse. Yeah. And I mean, the perverse is, is aimed at your man is, oh, he's, he's gay. And uh, why? He married his daughter. Okay, hands up. That's perverse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's perverse. But I mean, they, they are, it's not that aspect that, 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 that they're focusing on. No, no. You also, like the famous, like there are no famous scenes from Deadfall. But if there was something, if, if you did say to somebody who was seen Deadfall, what's the thing you remember? They will almost definitely say the 20 minute the sequence scene. in the middle yeah. of the heist, which is there's pretty much no dialogue. It's a John Barry piece of music um, interspersed, you know, which is basically soundtracking the, the cat burglary. I can't remember. It was like it was a, an actual piece of music um, with a Spanish, with a, with a female Spanish guitar player whose name I can't remember. So I'm just going to call her Nina Hendrix for the sake of things. Um, but, you know, it's 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 regarded by anybody who's seen it as, yeah, that's, that, that's a good bit of the movie. The notion of um, interspersing the the musical performance with the, the heist as such mm. is fine. It's a good conceit. However, the whole execution of the heist is so either so inadvertently comedic; it completely <laughs> renders any tension you're like inert. Like there's nothing there's nothing tense about it at all because you're going, "What the fuck is going on?" So we, we take it at the start, right? I just want to go. Michael Caine's yeah. character asks Moreau, Moreau, "Is there any way you can get a bit better picture, a better a better picture of one of the rooms? You know, the room that he has to break into." So yeah, that's fine. So they have yeah. a scene where he pulls up in a car. Outside the front of the scaff that they're supposed to be covert, uh, covertly fucking take, uh, taking pictures of, <laughs> takes out a pair of binoculars to look at the room. But within the pair of binoculars is secreted a camera yeah. because that's the discreet thing. So you know, <laughs> you're outside somebody's gaff with a very large pair of binoculars in which you have hidden a camera because the camera. last thing you want them to think is that you're looking at the fucking house. <laughs> So that's the first thing. All right. Yeah, then yeah. it's the decision decision that he's basically taking his granddad with him on the on the, on the job. So oh yeah, this this, Kate, this guy boy. By the way, how old we were talking? Late sixties, early seventies. He's sixty eight. He he was sixty eight, sixty. He was he died either that year or the next year. Like so, this yeah. was literally his last his last performance. I don't so know. He's, I so so his psychic is like sixty eight, sixty nine years of age on this cat burglaring trip. So you know you have me again. Moreau at least is dressed in black. McCain is dressed in beige, which I would have thought, again, not really with the most appropriate outfit. It's not like there's a multitude of guys robbing the gaff, so you need everyone to be dressed in different colours so the audience no. can tell who's whom. No, he's dressed in fucking beige. 
you have the the thing of the the usual thing of that era is that you know you, you get to see Kane's body shape change dramatically whenever you know they pull off to see the stuntman doing all the work. You know, all of a sudden he's half a foot shorter and you know like two stone lighter. Perform all he's he's tricks he's in his doodads. So part par, par, parcel of it, they basically get over the wall. You know, they, he Kane leps it, throws on uh, one of these little rope ladders. Your man gingerly climbs over. It's again 68, 69 years of age. Yeah. Over this over the wall feeds some. Uh, some uh, meat um, kind of meat, dose with meat, a, a do- yeah. treats dose with a sedative to put the dogs to sleep. Very fast acting, but not very last long lasting. But you would have thought, you know, what, what kind of do- dose will I give the dogs? Oh, just enough to put them to sleep for ten minutes. Yeah, ten minutes. We won't need. We won't, not fifteen, not twenty, ten. No, not ten minutes. We, we'll be well gone by then. Dose <laughs> the dogs. Off they go. Mick, Mick Kane starts his ascent into into the gap now. The conceit is here is that the the people the people in the house have gone off to the to the the the, the this concert this classical music concert which is why we're we're flipping back to it because you could, it's supposed to be tense oh you know the concert's nearly over mm-hmm. uh, because when you go to a concert as far as now you know they only play one piece of music and then you're like exactly well, that's, enough, that's enough classical music for me I, need, I better go home <laughs> yeah the staff the staff are inside listening to the radio having a couple of glasses of wine and having their dinner uh, assured that the security in the gaff is is is, is so strong that you know. That there's nothing to worry about. They don't need any sort of security guards outside. Whatever. McCain mm. starts his starts his. The next the next part of this heist is that when he can't see an area, Moreau at the bottom gets out his big industrial sized <laughs> fucking spotlight and shines a light on the area that McCain is pointing out. Look, again, it's like it's a sixty nine year old man dressed in black carrying a fucking spotlight is walking around the grounds of the stately home and nobody bats an eyelid. And just to put it in people's minds, I mean this this. This spotlight flashlight we're talking about, it's kind of one that your farmer dad bought in the 80s, like a big block of a thing that you flick the switch on top and a huge spotlight comes up. I mean, you couldn't put X marks the cat burglar spot kind of thing. You couldn't do it any better than this guy with his big spotlight. No, I'm a, and I mean, I'm no cat burglar, as you know. Uh, no. But I would have thought maybe the top five things a cat burglar needs to, needs to do, other than being part cat and mm. part burglar is uh, an ability to be discreet and covertly go about your business without getting caught, not do everything possible to draw attention to you. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, anyway, Mick, Mick, Mick Kane Stuntman does all the, the climbing anyway, gets to the key key moment of tension that that had me in hysterics because I wasn't expecting this at all. Now, <laughs> part of this heist is that Mick Kane needs to drop from one windowsill to another. And there is a big, dis- it's a big drop like, you would have oh, thought yeah. like any other move, yeah. any other movie, any other heist movie would have had this as a key part of the preparation. They would have, they would have uh, duplicated the the height drop in the in a house somewhere or in a yard, and they would have seen all these failed attempts at it. And he eventually gets in this hole. Will he get in the day? Blah blah blah. This just throws it at you out of the blue. Mm. All of a sudden, you see it from a window, so he just drops <laughs> about drops. twenty feet. <laughs> and the thing is, again, it, it cuts to clear. It cuts like see, it's the stuntman dropping. Then it clearly cuts to a dummy falling far away from the window. And then cuts back to McCain with his with his hands on the windowsill, cat like, <laughs> cat like, before he goes in. The next step is he goes down, unlocks the door again in the house where the staff don't hear any of this. Let's Moreau in because Moreau is the safe cracker's coming. Moreau comes in, doesn't have any of the tools of, of what I'd associate uh, that you'd require for a safe breaker, a stethoscope, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's pretty much it that's all I know about safe cracking that's all you need apparently he's imme- he's immediately shocked because they've replaced the safe and it's a, it's a different model and he says it's going to take me ages to crack blah 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 
McCain then decides he's going to chisel the safe out of the wall. I'd just like to point out for people who are listening to this, who haven't seen the movie, we're not making this up. He decides no. he's going to. He's going to chisel the safe out of the wall <laughs> and carry the safe out to the car that's waiting outside the front, the side gates of this house. Yeah. Again, that they're down robbing. the steps, down a steep set of steps, a whole lot. Yeah. And all of this is, I mean, like, again, this would be tense if you gave a shit. Yeah, exactly. About these characters, and if you, you know, like if you were on board on any of this, and started going, "Oh God, this is—they're still robbing it. This is still going on," and they show every chisel of the safe, and it cuts to Moreau going, "Oh, will I leave him? Won't I leave? Leave him?" Faye in the car going, "Where are we going to go? Are we not?" Eventually, mm-hmm. McCain stumbles out. The dogs wake up again because you know not enough sedative in the in the doggy bis- biscuits. McCain <laughs> throws himself at the safe down the stairs, and they're free. Yeah, and it kind of go. That's one of the worst high scenes I think from seen in the movie. <laughs> Hats awful. off, like it's awful. It is awful. And from the and if you think you know the movie degenerates from there, it actually can and it does degenerate from there. Some of the, some of the acting, some of the dialogue is so wooden. You can actually it's so damp actually and wooden. You can you can feel the dry rot in it. The whole thing kind of descends into this kind of a mess of a, almost a meditations on cat burglary. Why why is the cat burglar regarded with more sympathy than the common thief? Uh, you know, love, perhaps love is a form of theft, uh, adultery, uh, other middle-class habits, uh, other middle-class pursuits. It, it's just all this old garbage that has... The, oh, no, this uh, Invading I, I, from I, another I, I, film. Yeah, but then you, you move on to the kind of the, the love um, square, because it's not even a love triangle, because there's yes, fucking four it's a square, yeah. Like, the, you know, uh, McCain takes up with, with the, the wife, and Moreau uh, picks up this young fella from, uh, from a, a restaurant. And all is rose in the garden. You've got all this kind of, you know, everybody's getting on fine. And mm-hmm. of course, McCain, like, just, just to point out as well, so McCain suffered an injury as a result of his endeavours taking the sale out, and he's recuperating in their villa. That's part of it. Um, because, you see, you know, you've seen and Again, seen, uh, he's, he's walking around, lying, lying down. Yeah, he's, walk, he's walking around, and uh, this is the start of the romance with, with, with Faye. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, you must lie down. You must, you know, you must take things easy. Cut to them taking a fucking road trip in, in the car, in the car that she's bought him, a sports car. Don't like fucking miles out of the city across a, a bumpy road to go to a tourist attraction. <laughs> Please, you must rest and mind and mind whatever area. I mean, it's probably the least sexiest, sexiest fucking injury of all time. He's probably just fucking he's aggravated his sciatica or something. You know? <laughs> it's this, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's just, not like he's it's been just... shot. It's not like he's been shot. It's like a no. common workplace injury that, that he suffered. You, know? <laughs> you just need rest. If he'd done his manual handling course, he would have been fine. So, <laughs> so they're just they're just afraid that he's going to sue them. Yeah, I think that's the problem. I think suddenly, yeah, they realise, as you say, they have a workplace-related accident on their Come hands here. here. What did you make of the chemistry between him and his leading, and his, uh, and his leading lady here? Because I thought it was, um, for all the kind of soft focus, and there is quite, uh, this is probably the most, ex- quote-unquote, explicit uh, mm. love-making scene in a K movie we've seen so far. It's kind of, goss- you know, like these really impractical beds with kind of gossamer fucking veils hanging from the four posters, and there's a bit of, you know, pelvic grinding and ecstatic face making on behalf of the <laughs> leading lady, uh, where you know, yeah, it's it, like everything, it's, everything it's, else about the relationship is kind of I don't you know I don't really buy it. The one last thing, one last thing before we do move on, um, it's only a little thing, but they towards the end of it, there's a swinging '60s fancy dress party where the move where the music is like classic sub pulp fiction sort of. Uh, trumpet-driven swing rock. And yet again in these movies, you have people dancing completely out of time. Oh, and also Michael Caine dressed basically as Ruprecht. 
um, which is a, a nice nod to, let's say, better times in about 20 years' time. The yeah, the, the sweet 60s party scene, that it was a very bizarre scene where uh, he meets Nanette Newman's character, who, God love her, this is the second time we've seen her, and she's not yeah. gotten any better since we saw her in the wrong box. She Brian, is not. And I, and, I, and I don't want to say it's because she's Brian Forbes' wife, um, but she, she again... She is. She's the director's wife. Uh, again, you're on box. Go. But, you know, again, we have another one of these kind of characters show plot things where you could just clip it out and it doesn't, you don't even, oh, you don't need it. At all. Yeah, so he basically, yeah, he basically, he engin- uh, orchestrates uh, her meeting, uh, basically her introduction to Selena. She wants to be an actress and, you know, Selena is, is into, is into uh, actresses or whatever. He goes over, you know, kind of has to sit down. Again, a very bizarre scene there's a bit of you know the usual carry on humor mccain gets uh like goes over to the buffet and gets a kind of a, a, a hot dog okay. and a stick holds it up to her and goes do you want one of these it's complete or misses where, where there was no or misses before or after that moment it's completely yeah. off kilter like i i i think it's the last thing i mean that kind of pretty much i mean god is there anything else do you want to touch on anything else well, I, I don't i think just covered just we just covered the final the, the final high scene very quickly oh, just yes, again, of course. ties it to yeah. the party scene is that of course mccain goes in and he carry because he's in a fit of rage over uh over moreau trying to uh, have him uh basically commit suicide by kane goes off and does the salinas job by himself manages to break in uh, but Nanette Newman is there with Selena's, and there's one of the worst kind of four kind of dancing as four play scenes I've, I've seen yet. Uh, yeah, oh, and again, more off, not not in time. No, they're dancing. There's no, no rhythm, relation to the music whatsoever. Like awful. You see, there's this bizarre voiceover that's used when McCain is when he goes to he finally he, you know he 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 opens the safe and the, you see there's this bizarre voiceover that's used when McCain is when he goes to he finally he you know he 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 opens the safe and the jewels aren't there and there's all this kind of voiceover from you know what Salinas has said to them in the past and you kind of go oh is this guiding guiding him to where the jewels really are or anything like that and there's none of that it's just a load no. of shit it's like Lisa needs braces kind of you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah voiceover going on and eventually yeah. finds him in the chandelier and then just for no reason just decides to fucking go balls all hangs off a balcony gets shot dies and that's that's pretty much it that's your movie that's um, deadfall ladies and gentlemen yeah um we're sorry we're sorry for your troubles if you see this i'm sorry for my troubles that i see it. i'm sorry for nick's troubles that he's seen it Thanks. um all we can hope is that maybe you know next next time around he'll do it he'll get us no. back on track no he won't i'm afraid uh, but you know what it, it it has to be said that it, it's a bad movie, but even already, and this is, I, th- I think, we say if we take Zulu as the starting point, this is his 10th kind of leading role. And this is still not the worst film that he's done in those 10 movies. This this bodes, this kind of, it, to be fair, it's in keeping with, with what we're expecting. Yet again, I think one of the things that we said at the top of this whole kind of a, a podcast series was that we were trying to figure out why is he so popular and i think you see an element of it here he as you said at the top there he kind of cruises through it's all charm and kind of you know hooded eyes and little sardonic smirks and the odd line here and there and it just gets him it gets him over the line barely um i know what kind of marks of kane again we're marking this in terms of kane's performance i mean the movie gets like one or something but like what does what would you give kane for his performance I'll give it a five because I think we're going to be giving it a lot of fives. I think yeah. the five Kane is kind of cruising, not awful, uh, yeah. but not in any way. You know, not in any way. Again, back to him doing an awful lot of uh, lying down. He's not exercising any muscles here at all. 
No, he's not. I would actually like someone to put, a, you know, if someone is going to bother themselves watching Deadfall, put a clock on how long he's lying down because he spends a lot of this movie lying down. But you know the thing about that is, you're right, like he's cruising, but you know, again, and again, I think of the guy who was so engaged with Zulu. Now, Zulu was a great, was was a great premise for a, for a film and it was very tightly, tightly put together and it was, you know, it had no, it was no doubt about, if there was no doubt about what Zulu was about. But I just wonder, yeah. like, if he had given a bit more to a movie like Deadfall, could he have at least helped it a little bit more? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Certainly with this, it would have been like uh, trying to give, uh, you know, mouth to mouth to a corpse, you know, which he appeared to <laughs> one of the low scenes in this. But <laughs> some things are beyond saving. This is, you know, nobody goes out to make a bad movie. Brian Forrest, again, might have had this kind of, you know, this tense psychosexual thriller in mind. When you But it's, it's it, it, they didn't get there. Um, it's a yeah. It's it's about as tense as jelly. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I did a bit of a search around, um, looking for any references from Kane to Deadfall. Anything, any thoughts, any reflections? Like as you said in his book, it was kind of like yeah, the director screwed it up. Um, I did find one line which I think I think captures the whole thing. And to be fair to Kane, there aren't many movies that he really you know beats down on. Of his, even the really bad ones, he kind of, kind of finds justification for them. But about 15, 16 years ago, he said that these films. He was talking about this and the next movie we're going to watch. He said these films almost put a stop to my career. None of them are good movies. Um, so nineteen sixty eight is a tough, it's a tough year for anybody watching Michael Caine movies. The next movie, by the way, is called The Megus. Um, Magus. Magus. Mahus. Mahus. Um, I, I imagine we'll have an awful lot, we'll have an awful lot of different names for it by the time we watch it. Oh God, I, I think I, I think by the look of things we will. But I, you know what? This is one of these things I would actually encourage people now to watch this one because you know we can we'll all we'll have no problem watching stuff like the man who will be king or the Italian job or dirty rotten scoundrels or whatever whatever. The, the that's easy. The best. Anyone can do that. That's easy. Uh, Any fool can do that. Kind of a, any mook can do that. It takes a, yeah. It, and he, 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 look look at this for you know, I think it, it'll take our really hardcore wait for it caniacs to go. Though I know I, I've trademarked it. Uh, to go the extra mile and watch the movies that you, you feel, no, nah, I'm not going to bother watch that. Do, because Do. Misery Loves Company. Why is, how, like, the thing that's getting me now at this stage in this thing is, how can a guy, let's say in the year like 1968, make a film like Deadfall and then follow up with the Mahus, right? And his career is still alive, right? But this is, that's for another day. Yeah, so the, the mega, it's, it's one of these Kane films that's so bad, it gives you an, a kind of a weird insight into how this guy's career kept going. Because anybody else, to go through 1968 and make Deadfall and the Megas and still have a career at the end of it, the way he had a career at the end of it, it's extraordinary. And it's that's what's kind of, that's what's drawing me into this movie. I want to see it. I want to see what actually happens in this movie. Because this, as I say, this one and Deadfall are two that Kane walks away from. Like, he, 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 he basically... Just, just kind of, he doesn't deny them, but he just, no, they're not, they are not good. They're really poor movies. Um, by the way, before we go, I think you mentioned this, you talked there about, about um, patenting um, Kaniacs. I think you should also patent Suicide by Kane. Yeah, or Kane Unable. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that sounds like one of those, that sounds like one of those titles where we have to come up with another podcast idea to justify it. Okay, so listen, go watch The Megas. 
come back and join us next episode around we're going to get going to get stuck into the megas with Michael Caine Anthony Quinn Candice Bergen he's off to Greece this time he was in Spain the last time now he's off to Greece it's all very nice great kind of tan grabbing weather um, thanks for all that Stephen thank you Michael not a bother yep and we will see you all again next time for the megas uh, don't forget to uh, DM us on Twitter with any questions you might have about the Magus. Um, try and keep it clean. That's at mm-hmm. MarkofCane2 on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. And also, like I said, if someone can put a stopwatch on Deadfall, just see how long Kane's actually lying down. I'd really appreciate that. What are you waiting for? Come on. Come on. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe. Um, maybe leave a comment. Only nice ones, though. Mean comments will make Alfie cry, and no one wants to see that. The Mark of Kane podcast is written, researched, and presented by Stephen Black and Michael Foley, and edited by Andrew Foley. Music is composed by Stephen Black. If you'd like to get in touch, you'll find us on Twitter at, at Mallow News and at Mark of Kane 2 And if you enjoyed this episode, you'll find all the rest wherever you get your podcasts. The Mark of Kane is a Mallow News 2 Cubes production. See you next time. <laughs>